0: welcome to the red pegasus podcast now here are your hosts martin garcia and darian clark all right it's another fantastic episode today joined by a special guest uh, by the name of nick metzger Uh, nick is a stellar dude who's fun on social media has a Vintage audio, small business, and storefront named Metzger Vintage Audio, north of Dallas. But um, without further ado, enough of me talking. Let's get into this episode and welcome Nick to the show. Nick, how you doing? Yeah, hey, thanks guys. Thanks for having me. Of Absolutely. Thanks for joining us. Uh, thanks for letting us come to your spot. Too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Seriously, this is a nice little cozy area. Uh, Nick invited us to his store, and we're recording here. And so, if you guys ever come by, you can be like, "Man, this is where the episode was recorded." Yeah, okay. <laughs> right, nice. right here in my living room. Yeah, it'll probably be the, one of the coolest places we ever record because we're where it pretty much all started. You know? Like yeah, definitely the world of audio. What we what we're talking into right now, <laughs> um, with equipment from back then when podcasts were irrelevant, not it's, even spoken of.
1: Very meta. Very yeah, meta. Meta. it's definitely. all it's all a big circle. <laughs> right.
0: Yeah. So it's so it's cool and. And, yeah, thanks again just for having us here and welcoming us into your store. So it would be pretty cool to help promote that, too. Uh, Nick, let's start it easy. Let's get to know you a little bit. Talk about yourself, your story, and uh, why you're planted here and where you're at.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I was born in the 80s, a small (laughs) child. No, okay, well, all right, we won't go for that. Um, No, you know, this, so uh, I guess, you know, a lot of people tend to think that I I have a story that's very typical of most audio nerds or audio aficionados, which is, you know, oh, I must have had a dad or an uncle or or, or, or an aunt or somebody who was, like, really, really into audio. And, yeah. you know, we listen to records every night and blah, 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 and I just love... You know, nah, not really. Like, <laughs> my dad... My dad likes audio. Uh, he doesn't like it like I like it, right? But, yeah. I mean, growing up, we had, of course, you know we grew up in the 90s so we had a turntable mostly because my dad was cheap right he like <laughs> he was like you're not going to make me rebuy my Bruce Springsteen and my Fleetwood Mac and my you know like so we had, until CDs got really cheap, like where they were like two and three and four bucks a piece, mm-hmm. you know, we had a turntable at the house because my dad didn't want to rebuy all this. So we, you know, anything new he would buy on CD, counting crows and whatever, whatever, but anything sure. old that was, he had already had, he he was just, we, so we had a, I guess a turntable a lot longer than a lot of people probably did in the nineties, right? right? Yeah. So, uh, then when it came time for me to leave for college i was like man i i kind of want the old turntable and we had like this receiver that was like fine it wasn't that great you know mm-hmm. and i was like dad can i take that stuff and he's like yeah if you want to take that old crap be my guest <laughs> you know whatever so i did and so you know i got to college and i had a turntable and old receiver and some nice. like kind of okay like rca speakers and everybody's like oh cool stuff grandpa like <laughs> yeah. you know cuz yeah. this was like 2003 right so this was way early for the vinyl revolution I mean you know that but like what the funny thing is by like 2005 2006 you know like later college suddenly all my friends are like hey um what turntable do you think I should buy like do you think do you think that's a good one or maybe I should buy that I'm like oh okay so what happened I thought I was grandpa (laughs) like you know (laughs) so really I mean I had I guess so. The sort of long, the longer point here is you. I got into hi-fi and vintage audio through records. You know what would happen is I had kind of like an okay, like JVC. It was my dad's, you know, from the '80s. It's like an okay JVC player and mm-hmm. like some okay speakers and an okay receiver. And I was like, well, this sounds pretty cool, but I mean, there. I saw this thing on the internet, or like, I saw this, or saw that, and I was like, what is that thing? What does that do? What is this thing? You know, so of course, yeah. I would just sit there and nerd out and read all, every <laughs> you know, read everything I could on the internet, and uh, and then after college, really, I, I met up with some um, people here locally that, that were, aud- uh, you know, audio enthusiasts, and mm-hmm. I started going to some you know, audio shows, and I'd go to audio shops, other audio shops in the area that were nice enough not to kick me out. And, like, (laughs) even though I was, like, a broke-ass college student, (laughs) you know, they were like, okay, I'll tell – you know, because I'd go, "What? well, what is this? How is that different than this one? What about this one? Why is that one different? Why does that one look like this? And that one looks like – that?" you know, so I would just sit there and nerd out, and they were nice to me, so that – you know, that was – That's nice. (laughs) That's nice. But, yeah, uh, but that was really kind of – so I guess – in general, I'm very self-taught, you know, I didn't, it was, you know, I have friends in, in the hobby whose dad had, you know, a, a $100,000 system all mm. when they were growing up and, you know, every night he was sitting there tweaking his wires and the, <laughs> you know, doing the Making thing. sure the balance and, is yeah, right, the you trouble's know, good. Yeah, yeah, you know, and, and like, it. right, right. But like, that was not us. Like, my, my dad spent all his money on music and, you know, we had, like okay stuff like Mm -hmm. my dad loved a good bargain like if it was on sale and like if it was you know originally a thousand and he got it for like 300 he'd be like yeah look at this (laughs) like it
0: it didn't even matter if it it was like really good but it was
1: like it was on sale and so he was excited like you know so
0: that's great uh so uh before we continue into um Further into this discussion, let's like define some words because you already threw out uh, (laughs) hi-fi. Sure, yeah, yeah. And I'm sure some people know, but what's lo-fi? What's hi-fi? What's audiophile? (laughs)
1: Right, right, right. So, okay, so here's the thing: like, a lot of people when they hear like lo-fi and hi-fi, that those terms have almost been redefined by the music genre. Like, everybody thinks about like lo-fi hip hop or like lo-fi, guitar rock, like, you know, the strokes are usually known as like a lo-fi, you know, sound for guitar rock or something. But, mm-hmm. and and that is a, a true enough definition, but when, when we talk about hi-fi, I'm talking about audio from really the 1950s, the 1960s, and some of the 1970s. That term was originally used as a way to distinguish home audio from something like ham radio or tabletop radios or like different types of audio or like PA systems or something like that. So, you know, when you would have a magazine in the 1950s or 60s and it was like, you know, hi-fi magazine, that was about, that magazine was about home audio versus, you know, ham radio or whatever, whatever, whatever kinds of other sorts of audio were out there in the day. So that's the way I use hi-fi. I'm not talking about the pinnacle. You know, some people you know, like I said these days a lot of people go, "Well, that's th- that that piece isn't hi-fi. It's it's mid-fi at best." <laughs> yeah. Like when they are trying to like slam you and yeah, they're yeah, like, yeah. "Your your piece isn't good enough. It's only <laughs> mid-fi." Like mid-fi is not
0: a, a real thing. Like that's just It's not a ranking system. It's not a ranking yeah. system.
1: That term was distinguished to to talk about home audio, right? So right. Um, so I don't, that's the way I use hi-fi, is it in its original intention. Um, audiophile is a term that is, really has been out there a long time. It just means, I mean, again, originally it just meant anyone who was an audio enthusiast, right? Anyone who was into high fidelity sound and, and, and good sound reproduction, these days, of course, it's been a little co-opted to mean <laughs> just, just some asshole who, who yeah. like, is way into audio and is not going to be afraid to tell you about it, right? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, you know, yeah, but no. that's not, again, <laughs> I try to stick to the more... Um, the original definition. The original would, definition, yeah. which is just someone who's into it, you know?
0: So. Okay, cool. Uh, yeah, I would... Um, when we were kind of doing some research and stuff, I was like, "Hi fi, lo fi, audiophile—like, what's going on here?" Yeah, yeah. We needed no, to find sure. these before anyone yeah, else no, no, listens. no, no, it's and...
1: fine. Let's yeah keep everybody on the same page for sure.
0: So, Nick, you're from the area, is that right? Born and raised here? Yeah, uh, ish, ish, ish. Okay. Yeah.
1: So, you know, we—I I won't tell you my whole story, but we sure. did—we jumped around a little bit. Um, I've been in the the Dallas area since 2002. Okay. Um, previous to that, I was in Louisiana for a long time. And then I did a little bit of growing up in Chicago, which is where my dad's from. So, cool. Um, but that was when I was like wee, wee, we, wee, wee babe. So, yeah. 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 Um, yeah so uh, mostly I would say I was mostly Louisiana and then here. So, yeah.
0: Okay, cool. Did you go to school here? For
1: a minute. Like okay. I said, I, so I went to um, I, uh, Plano Senior for my last two years of, of high school um, and then I went to St. Ed's in um, uh, in Austin in Austin for two years. Yeah, for two years, and then I left. St. I left. Uh, it's a long story about St. Ed's. I love that school, but it it just wasn't the right one for me. And so I ditched St. Ed's and, and finished up at UNT. So nice. my, cool. my last two years. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Awesome.
0: So so I imagine you didn't go to school for audio no, stuff. No, no. So and talk it, about that transition from what you decided oh, to go oh to school to and then ha, how you How transition. long do you have? Like, <laughs> yeah.
1: how long is this podcast?
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it could be however long you yeah, please, yeah. but...
1: Okay. Um, I'll tell you what. Let me let me give you the Cliff Notes version okay. uh, because the long story <laughs> is like, it, it takes <laughs> sure. about... Sure, it's going to be uh, a three-hour yeah, podcast it's, Yeah, if, uh, it's, a, it's a very snake-like <laughs> path. Okay. Um, I... So... I studied creative writing in college. Um, I always, even when I was young, everybody saw a real talent in me in my writing. My my all my old teachers were like, "You're a great writer. You should really think about you know when you get to college, you should really think about writing." And blah blah. blah. Okay, so and I really liked writing, and I that so it was a very natural fit. I didn't. It wasn't weird to do that. Um, then i got out of college and that was what 2007 2008 and we had this thing called the recession that was going on yeah. and i could not get a goddamn job yeah. <laughs> like it was killing me mm. i i i had a job for a minute at this um sort of advertising marketing place and it was I had this boss. She was nuts. It was anyway, blah, 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 (laughs) blah, 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 blah. (laughs) I left that place, and I was just kind of goofing around working retail, just trying to make ends meet, you know, and um, my dad came to me, and he had started a business, and he had said, look, uh, I kind of, he was working out of the house, and he's like, look, I want to create a retail spot. Uh, because your mom is kicking me out of the house. And I was like, okay, yeah, that makes sense. (laughs) And he's like, look, I don't have to hire you, but given the circumstances... You know, do you want a job? <laughs> and yeah. I was like, well, yeah, well, and I had a lot of retail experience. I mean, this is a whole sidebar, but I mean, I have I have worked retail since I was like fifteen, off and on. You know, yeah. Um, so I had a lot of retail. Even then, I had a lot of retail experience. And him having never worked a retail job, he's like, maybe you can help me yeah. put together this retail store and run it. And I was like, okay. So the store was actually in this spot. Okay, that's oh, how wow. I have this spot. Yeah. So um, it. It is still in business, although my dad is back running it out of the house, yeah. <laughs> yeah. funnily <laughs> enough, but it's called, it was called Great Cartridge. Um, we sold Ooh. ink and toner, you know, remanufactured ink and toner for printers and fax machines and copy machines and mm. had a lot. It was mostly corporate clients, and then, you know, we had some walk-in business from the retail side, and I did that for a long time. I mean, I did that for like eight years, seven, eight years, something, and then I... I was living in Bishop Arts at the time. Oh, cool. And Spinster Records opens up. Mm. And I was like, ooh, Mm -hmm. I want to be a part of that. (laughs) And so I met up with David, who runs Spinster Records, and I basically bugged him enough until he gave me a job. And so I left. Well, there was a short time where I was doing both, but essentially within about a year there, I had quit with my dad, and I went to Spinster full-time, and I was working there full-time. And um, I did that for, oh, boy, five, six years, oh, something wow. like that. Yeah, yeah. And then my dad called me, and he's like, look, bad news. Um, he had to go on dialysis, and he's still on dialysis. Mm. And he's like, look, um, again, I'm not forcing you to do anything, but I could really use you back at the shop. Because I can't do dialysis and run this shop full time, mm-hmm. and I can, you know, of course, I. And this is nothing against David, if he ever hears this, but David knows this too. I was working a lot at Spinster; like I was probably pulling sixty and seventy hours oh, some wow. weeks. Wow! Like, yeah, I was. I mean, i I yeah. was doing a lot of work, and and I loved it. I there right. it wasn't, but I was starting to feel a little like burnt out too. So yeah. I was like, okay. So I said to my dad, okay, I'll come back. Um, so I came back, I, you know, back managing the store, doing the whole thing, and did that for about, well, what, two, three years, and then COVID. Mm. Uh. And so COVID hits, and the thing about the, the ink and toner store is that, of course, almost all of our clients or corporate clients well, what no what, one's going to the office. What happens when COVID hits? No one goes to the office. So we lose seventy percent of our, our our clients overnight. I mean overnight. Wow. You know. I mean all, I mean, the we got some PPP money and all that, which helped sure. pay basically just pay my paycheck. My dad wasn't even getting anything mm-hmm. back then, you know, but helped you know, allowed me to continue to not have to move out of my apartment and stuff, you know. So um So uh, we're my dad and I are staring at each other like, what are we going to do? How long is this going to last? Right. You know, and we're just, you know, so we're all locked up in quarantine at home and, you know, making just a little tiny bit of money from some of our clients who are like working out of their home, you know, like tax accountants and stuff who can work out of their house and whatever. But we're just we're barely doing any business at all, you know. And then, you know, things obviously, as we all know, got a little better. We come back to the store, but things are still pretty rough. And my dad's like, look, I don't know how long I can sustain this store for both of us, you know. And, and he says, you know, because obviously, as you remember, none of us knew what the hell was going on. <laughs> So we had this little I I have a little back room in the what is now the storeroom but at the time that room was basically kind of just officey, storagey, just kind of like nothing space. We weren't using it for much. He goes, "Look, mm-hmm. if you want to clear out that room and start a little pop-up selling something else." He goes, "I don't care. Like start a little side business or whatever. He says, "I don't care what you do with the space. Do whatever you want, but if you want to try something, you might as well, because I can't promise you that this is gonna, you know, stick around any longer. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay. So I said, all right, well, I'll try try a little audio shop, you know. And I had I had joined, um, or rather, let me rephrase that. I had a knowledge base, and I had made friendships with some uh, technicians in the area that I knew that were working out of their house, because I was I was selling and you know buying some of this stuff on the side for myself for fun, you know, just like as a little hobby. And Mm. so I had met some techs who could repair this stuff. And I was like, I talked to them and I was like, all right, how about this, dudes? What if I started this little micro pop-up shop? And if I started taking some repairs, I could bring them to you. You could get a little more steady work. I could make a little money. You know, we could all be happy here. And they're like, (laughs) hmm. I like all right, saying, let's you know, let's try it. I don't yeah. know, let's try it. and I mean, as soon as I even like put the website up, it was like bang, 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 bang bang wow. bang bang bang, 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 bang. I mean, it was it went really fast. I mean, people started finding out about me almost instantly and bringing and it was it was crazy back then because if you walked in the door you saw just like ink and toner everywhere <laughs> and then so like, i'd am walk I at the
0: right yeah. spot
1: <laughs> i didn't have i mean it still said you know great cartridge up on the in the lighted sign <laughs> yeah. and stuff you know so i'd people would walk in and be like uh i have this thing to be repaired i go yeah yeah come around the corner you know (laughs) and then they'd walk into the back room and they go oh okay cool like it's a little shop you know yeah yeah so that was sort of my pop-up concept my sort of proof of concept and i did that for about a year that was february until april so a little over a year basically nice and that allowed me I mean it went so well and it went so fast that I was able to save money and scrimp and save and then that next April that's when we were able to re cuz my and and the truth is my dad was ready to kind of like you know he could just start running it out of the house anyway cuz mostly it was corporate clients so our mm. the number of walk-in clients after covid was very small anyway yeah. so uh so it just kind of made sense for him to to um just start working out of the house again. So, um anyway, the point is so that's when uh you know, we laid the floor, we painted the place, we put up the bars and the new sign and the I mean, you know, redid the shop to make it a full-time audio yeah. shop. And so that's that was basically a year ago cuz it's April again. So, yeah. yeah.
0: So here I am. That's wild. Time now. times a flying. Yeah. Yeah, and, yeah and like you said, now you've burst out of the little room into the big room. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it now, is <laughs> not the vibes are immaculate in here. Thanks, yeah, man. definitely. Yeah. It Thanks, feels guys. uh Feels very cool just sitting in here and right. being surrounded by all this vintage and antique uh, equipment. It's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah. yeah, thanks guys. Totally. Um, what, when your dad had the cartridge plates, Was that just you two, or you yeah, guys well, the only ones running?
1: I mean, essentially, yeah. You know, okay. we um, I have some cousins. You know, my <laughs> my my family is a big Irish cat. <coughs> excuse me, a big Irish Catholic family. So there's always cousins around. You know, and <laughs> and so I um. Like when I went off to Spinster, um, one of my cousins came in and worked with my dad for a while. But then he got part of the reason my dad wanted me to come back is my cousin was leaving because he got some amazing, you know, job off opportunity that he couldn't pass. up. Yeah. And once again, my dad was like, I can't run this by myself. Right. So, you know, but yeah, some of my cousins, two or three of my cousins had would come in and work for you know, a few months at a time or a couple, you know, maybe a year or whatever. Some of them were working during college and stuff just to, you know, keep a couple of bucks in their pocket right. and stuff. But um, it was basically, uh, by and large, it was mostly my dad and I, yeah. Okay. Yeah.
0: Um, growing up, we you big in like m- the music scene? Uh, were you going to concerts a lot? Yeah, or?
1: yeah. I mean, definitely. I mean, more in college, obviously, than than you know. being especially when I was in. I mean, Austin was a great town for music, of course. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I went to a lot of concerts in Austin, but Denton was also a surprisingly great at the time. I mean, things mm-hmm. change all the time in Denton. Of course, it's a college town, but it's way different than even when I was there in you know two thousand seven, two thousand eight, but. Mm-hmm. You know, there was a lot of—Denton was a funny town because we would get a lot of, like, indie acts that would come through. You know, bands that I was listening to—
0: Oh, nice. You know,
1: were were playing Denton. They weren't big enough to play, you know, House yeah. of Blues or whatever. Yeah, right. So they would come through Denton and play Haley's or, you know, Rubber Gloves or whatever. And, you know, I mean, I saw—I mean, this is a— I was telling—I so only have this on my brain because I was thinking about it the other day— Um. Like I saw liars, you know, and that was we. There's probably ten of us in the room, like you know <laughs> what I mean. It, yeah. was, it was an amazing show, but like that band just wasn't that big at the yeah, time, yeah. you know. So um, you know, stuff like that happened a lot in Denton, and um, so yeah, and it was cheap. I mean, it was like I probably played what five dollars yeah, at I was the door, say five seven bucks or you something know, like that. Yeah, you know, so. Like, there, um, I mean, that's just an example. I was telling somebody about that the other day. That's why it's on the top of my head. But things like that happened a lot. And, and of course, we'd still go to Dallas to see, like, the big bands and stuff. So, right. yeah, I mean, I love live music. It's not, you know, um, it is not as though I'm a snob and go, this is the best way to <laughs> yeah. listen. To- I fully admit, go see an al- artist live if you can see him. Like, yeah. you know, this is a poor, a poor substitute <laughs> for live music,
0: Right. You know? But we're going to get all into that in here just yeah, a minute. Yeah, sure, sure. So, why did you plant? I mean, you kind of already answered why you're here in this location, but have you found that it's a good spot for you? Because, yeah. like, something like this could easily. Fit right in in Deep Ellum or sure. place like Bishop Arts. Yeah,
1: yeah, no, totally. the The reason I'm here is I honestly really wanted to be here. If I wasn't in, you okay. know, let's say I, I mean, I work things out with my landlord, and you know, I'm, <laughs> I'm very happy. Thank you, Hoppenstein Properties. <laughs> you, know, you know, but shout out, shout, shout out. out to Hoppenstein Properties. <laughs> no, but um, no. Look, um, I'm glad I was able to to work things out with my landlord. But if I hadn't, I probably would have stayed around the Plano, Frisco, you know, Richardson area anyway. Yeah. Because this is well, there's nothing around here like me, right? Yeah. The the next closest shop that does anything like I do is in the mid-cities. It's like Hearst, Bedford. Okay. And then there's one in Fort Worth. And that's it, man. That's okay. that's it for shops. Wow. right? Yeah. So I kind of have the run of the place up here, which is great. I mean, you know, I mean, I get people coming in from Oklahoma because there's, at least to my knowledge, only one hi-fi shop in Oklahoma, you know, so I get, pe- depending on where they live in Oklahoma, it might be closer to come to me, you know, yeah. so, um, yeah, you know, it, um, it's a good spot to be in, and I, 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 it isn't an accident that I'm here. It's, it's a happy coincidence, but it isn't an accident.
0: Okay. Yeah. Cool. 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 Um, <laughs> Can you let, let's dive into uh a little more of the like small business aspect yep. of it. So what are what were some of the difficulties that you came across um opening up something like this especially because it being so niche like
1: Yeah. Well, you know, I am very blessed, man. I I mean, and I tell people this all the time. Like look, doing any small business is tough. That's the it just goes with the I mean, just stupid stuff like, you know, Oh, I have to pay my sales tax every month, and I have to, you know, <laughs> ma- I have to keep on top of my accountant and be like, hey, is there anything I'm missing? Do I have to send a check to anybody this month? Do I, you know, like, because there's just stupid stuff that you, like, until you're on this side of the business, like, when I was working at Spinster, I never had to worry about when the sales tax was due <laughs> right. or, you know, who, you know, what, uh, you know, or, wh- who I hadn't paid this month in terms of, like, vendors and stuff. Like, you know, David took care of that stuff, which is, Great, you know, but so when you're on the other side of the table and you have to do that stuff, I mean, it's annoying, it's stupid, it's not fun, <laughs> like, it's the most unfun part of the business, <laughs> yeah, right? definitely. But, like, aside from that, I've been very blessed because, like, I said, I mean. Not to sound like too cocky, but kind of like the minute I opened up, it was like people were just like, great, you're here. Here's my stuff. Please fix it. What do you have to buy? Oh, you have mm-hmm. that thing. I want to buy it. Thank you. Goodbye. Like, you know, it was not easy. Nothing is easy. But right. it wasn't like I was never biting my nails like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Is anyone going to come in the store today? Mm-hmm. Is anyone going write to write in on, on Instagram and tell me they like a piece? Like, <laughs> you know, it was it was pretty seamless because – I uh, I think there's you know nine what nine million people in DFW <laughs> yeah. like some of them are going to be into this stuff yeah, like, yeah yeah you know and and because there's just me like uh, I mean at least in this area like I I think you know the DFW can support three vintage hi-fi shops like, right you know <laughs> so it's not um, an overpopulated market it's not an overpopulated market so I yeah I mean. Um, there are frustrations and annoying things, but they're just the same annoying things that would probably be any, you know, any small business owner and not so much about customers. Thankfully, like I said, very blessed. Like They've just been coming through the door. Well, I no mean, problem. look, I mean, <laughs> you know, I, I joke with people all the time, but it's like, yeah, you know. The only problem with business is when customers stop coming. (laughs) Like, you know, it's never a problem. Like, I have two, look, how about this? Like, for instance, that room where I keep all the customer repairs, like Mm -hmm. before they go to a tech, they have to stay here for a little while because my techs can only take so many pieces at once. Yeah. As you can see, that room is currently <laughs> spilling out. Like, I've got wow. pieces on the floor. He's got yeah. probably
0: about, what, seven, eight Yeah, pieces? I've no. got yeah. about,
1: like, seven, eight <laughs> pieces that literally cannot fit into that room right now because I'm a little backed up. But I'm still not going to tell people they can't drop stuff off, right? right? Because the thing is, it's like when customers, when you tell customers no and you, and customers stop coming, that's when you have a problem, (laughs) you know? Exactly. Like it's, you know, having too much business, in my opinion at least, is not a problem.
0: Yeah, my dad is a small business owner and he always says the same thing. Yeah, Like the moment you tell them no, they're never gonna come back. They're gonna find someone else. Yeah,
1: Even if I told a customer like, hey listen, you know, hey man, like no disrespect, I really wanna fix your piece, but you know, we're a little bit tiny backed up, can you maybe come back in a couple of weeks? that customer may never come back again. And yeah. not just for that repair, but they may never come back ever again. Right, just right. Because even though they might conceptually understand, like, oh, he's not slighting me, he's not being mean, he's just, you know, he's just busy. Like, he might just forget about me and yeah. be like, oh, well, I'll find somebody else who isn't as busy. Well, right. I yeah. don't want that. <laughs> right. I I, I, I want to be busy. Yeah, like, exactly. Busy's good, you
0: yeah. know. So, yeah. That's awesome. Congrats to you on the uh, oh, successfulness thanks, yeah, yeah. and, uh, you know. A lot of people do struggle with at the beginning um, with trying to get people in the store, so it's nice that you've yeah. had a good flow of people coming in and out. Yeah.
1: Well, that's... Yes.
0: Like I said, I'll say it again.
1: Very blessed. Very <laughs> happy. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Nice.
0: Speaking of congrats, you just hit two years. Yeah. February. Yeah. How's it been? It's crazy to think. Two years has passed? Yeah. <laughs> that, was, has it been quick? Has it... You yeah. Know?
1: Oh, well, yeah. I mean, it's been... It's been a year. It's kind of like a a weird dual anniversary because it's basically a year as a full shop and then two years as a, you know, um, a a pop-up plus, Yeah, 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 Yeah. yeah. there you go, yeah. But, I mean, you know, I was doing real business back there. I mean, it's not like I was just selling one piece a week, I mean, and doing one repair a week or something. Like, we were just as busy as we are now, essentially. Wild. But (laughs) just in a very, very compact spot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, yeah, it, it was, like I said, I mean, it, it's been, it's been crazy, man. And I, I, I am so thankful that, you know, clients seem to like me and trust me with their pieces. And I've, I've found a good group of techs who I can pass off, you know, various different pieces with, you know, some of my techs do, you know, my reel to reels and my cassettes. Some do turntables, some do the solid state amplifiers, some do tube based stuff. You know, so Jeez. I whatever people have, I can kind of pass off to the right tech, yeah. you know. And that wasn't always the case. I mean, I started basically with two techs, and they had to do everything, whether they liked it or not, because <laughs> yeah. I didn't, you know. But yeah. I'm up to about six or seven techs now. Wow, so I, that's awesome. Yeah. So it's it's um, it has been a growth. Um, you know, not a not a physical. You know, the <laughs> the dimensions haven't gotten that much bigger, but the the workload has certainly increased for sure. Yeah. Nice.
0: Yeah. So you I mean perfect segment there. We want to get into a little bit about the services you offer. Yeah, yeah. Um obviously you have you have repairs yep. through through the text Do you buy, sell, and trade too?
1: Yeah, basically. I mean okay. you know, I like to tell people we're we're like seventy percent repair shop and thirty percent, you know, sales and stuff. I look, I always wanna have pieces for sale here, not because it just makes the shop look good, but I really like <laughs> selling pieces and you yeah. know, I like having cool stuff available that that people can walk in and listen to and demo and go, oh, man, that's really cool. I've never heard that before. Or, I've always wanted to hear one of those or, mm-hmm. you know, whatever, whatever. And so, yeah, I, I mean, it has always been my plan to have at least a handful of pieces available. Um, but, you know, truthfully, what keeps the train on the track is is the repairs. I mean, that's that's steady money coming in and out every week, whether people are dropping off or, or picking up, you know. So, yeah. Um, uh, and I like being a repair shop. I mean, I, I can tell you guys, I mean, not, not that I'm going to, but I could tell you a thousand stories at this point about, you know, people who have brought me pieces that, you know, oh, this was my grandma's or, oh, this was my dad's and, you know, he's not here anymore. But we we used to listen to this mm. turntable every night and, you know, and it reminds me of him so much and it hasn't worked in 20 years. But, I, you know, and then we restore it and they come and they pick it up and they're just like so happy yeah. you know it's not oh, about man. the money right, right. Yeah, because yeah. you know the, the repair was only like 200 bucks or something like whatever it's not about the money yeah. it's their their dad's turntable is back End and like a little yeah. a little piece of him is yeah. like back you uh-huh, know and like sure. that i love that stuff you know like yeah. you can't like i mean selling like pieces on the floor is cool too but you don't get the same like warm fuzzy feeling totally. as when you repair somebody's dad's turntable right know? absolutely
0: yeah that's awesome and that has to feel like pretty good yeah you know, I mean it's a nice it's people. a nice
1: perk of the job that I didn't really think about when mm-hmm. I um, when I started the shop I wasn't really thinking about stuff like that
0: I was mm-hmm. just like oh just repair some stuff be <laughs> yeah. fine. Like, you know like just doing what I love to do and that's it <laughs> yeah, so yeah, that yeah, now yeah. you're getting these heartfelt <laughs> moments with yeah, some yeah, of your yeah. customers yeah, yeah. Um, so you talk about some of your techs um, yeah. you started off with two now you have more yeah uh, how did those uh, connections um, start.
1: Yeah, I mean, I was really lucky. Um, one or two of them just walked in the door, and they're like, "Hey, do you got you need a tech? I'm a tech." And I was nice. like, "Thank you, Jesus!" <laughs> like, you know, like Walking in door. yeah. I yeah, mean, right. it's true. Like, literally, this one guy walked in the door. I used to have a, a um a uh a, 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 a chair up front. I don't anymore. But he basically he walked in. He sat in the chair. and He's like, ah, "What's going on?" And I was like, "I don't know, man. What's going on with you?" He's like. <laughs> Uh you guys need a technician? I uh I work on this old stuff and I was like, "Oh. Yeah, all right. <laughs> let's let's talk, you know, but it's yeah. just it was just really weird. He just walked in and sat down and kind of threw his hand behind his head and was like, "Well, <laughs> Here I am. And I'm like, great. And I mean, and I've been working with him since that day. I mean, you know, so like, you know, he's finishing it. He'll probably have a couple pieces for me done next week. So, you know, he's, he's a great tech. But now that has not been everybody. I mean, I've also had to just hit the hit the Internet, hit the job boards, you know, and and try and find you know, the old, the normal way, you know, that you hire people, Mm -hmm. Um, and that has worked okay, you know, I mean, the the people who work on this stuff, it's very, it's very specific, it's not like repairing, you know, a a cable modem, or, you know, a board off of a helicopter, or, you Mm -hmm. know, just like some other random electrical instrument, you know, I mean, these are pieces that they're not necessarily hard in the conventional way. I mean, you don't have to get out like you're not doing micro soldering with a, you know, (laughs) with a microscope or anything. But on the flip side, a lot of these pieces have kind of quirks and nuances and stuff. I mean, this is basically 1960s and 70s technology, which wasn't as I mean, they were still discovering things. They were Mm -hmm. still learning about things. They were still trying things. Yeah. Yeah. And so. You know, a lot of my techs, you know, their learning curve is not like, oh, I don't know how this board works. Like, they can read the diagram and understand how it works, but it's all the little weird quirks and nuances of each specific brand. And each, even within a brand, each different piece might be a little different and a little quirky to repair. And they learn that over time. They're like, oh, uh, it's one of these. I know. I gotta, you know, I have to do the preamp this way because all the, all the preamps on this brand are just a little weird. Like, yeah. you know, that's the stuff they learn over time, which is fine. But, um, you know, if a tech doesn't want to learn that stuff or isn't interested in that stuff, they're not going to last very long because, you know, this isn't the kind of stuff where you just read the schematic, you solder a few things, and you go, okay, it's done. Time to time to move on. You know, like, yeah. So that's that's the challenge I've had is try to um, get techs who can you know, take the time and, and really love this stuff enough to learn the quirks and learn the little nuances of each brand and stuff
0: like that. And you, you repair as well, you know, no, 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 no. So you just outsource all that. Yeah. Remember
1: I was a, (laughs) I was a creative writing manager. (laughs) So no, you know what though, man, like I, I think in a different world, if, you know, if everything was different and I had to redo life, I might actually like, uh, do that, you know. I mean, I might have, you know, gone down that rabbit hole because knowing what I know now, I do find repair really interesting. I mean, I I know a little bit. Like uh, when I say a little bit, like a little bit, enough to be dangerous. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and so, you know, sometimes my texts are telling me things. They're like, oh, it's really interesting. I actually. You know, I was looking at the blah blah blah, but then it was actually the blah blah blah, and you know they'll kind of explain. I was like, that is interesting. Huh. <laughs> huh. Like, I mean, again, I only kind of know what they're talking about right, I mean, right. in, a, in the Vegas sense, yeah. but um, it is interesting enough that I was like, man, maybe I should have done that for a career, you know? But I didn't. So what? You know, I'm. I mean, <laughs> I. I can't restart my life at forty. Like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I could, but like, I'm not gonna close this shop and go get an electronic right. yeah, engineering yeah, yeah. degree. Right. You know, it's not. I mean, I don't think I could run this shop and be an electronic engineer at the same time. No yeah. way. You know. So. Like, no way. I'll just let them do their thing, and I'll do this thing. Like, yeah. you know.
0: All right. Let's get into some of this beautiful stuff in here. Sure. Yep. Um, I'm looking at a gorgeous Marantz preamp over there with a hefty price tag on it Um. oh yeah i forgot about that one (laughs) Uh, give us just a little glimpse into the some of the stuff you have in here and talk about some of the things like you love to work with or love to look at yeah
1: sure well since you mentioned the marantz we can talk about that real quick so uh that's a marantz model 7 uh tube preamp from the 1960s probably circa 1962 63 something like that yeah um most people would consider that preamp one of the finest if not the finest tube preamps ever made by any company ever wow, wow. uh hence the the, the yeah. hefty price, hefty price tag I can imagine <laughs> yeah yeah um of course like all our pieces here at the shop that one's been fully restored tip to toe by my by my tech yeah, so it's it's gorgeous. it it works flawlessly, oh, yeah. is ready for a new home, so come check it out if yeah. you're so inclined. <laughs> um, but no, I mean, yeah, that, that piece is really special. That's not, you know, that piece, especially in the condition it's in, which is immaculate, you just don't see every day. Um, yeah. They were very expensive. Even back in the 60s, they were expensive, mm-hmm. and they're still expensive today, and they're rare. They didn't make that many of them. I mean, it, it's really the perfect storm of all vintage audio things together that make things expensive. It's rare, it's really good, and, right. <laughs> and they're hard to find. Yeah. You know, so, yeah. Yeah. Um, but I do have more, um, shall we say, affordable things as well. I mean, <laughs> you know. Um, but yeah, I mean, we've got right now, we have a really cool um, Pioneer RT-909 reel-to-reel. Um, that's a piece that a lot of people... Have probably seen on the internet, or if especially if they know anything about reel-to-reels, that's a model that comes up a lot when you search reel-to-reels. Like if you type into Google, like what what is the best reel-to-reel to buy on the market? A lot of people would say the 909. Okay, um, it's a great piece. Um, again, fully restored and, and working well. Um, I have a few other like um, 70s receivers. I've got a, a Macintosh Mac 1900 sitting right here. I've got a Tanberg, a pretty cool, rare Tanberg. Tanberg was a company that was very um, popular in Europe. They had Mm. a big distribution network in Europe in the 70s, but they did not have much of a distribution uh, network here in the States. Mm. So, I mean, you could get them, but you probably had to be in, like, New York or Los Angeles, um, or you had to, like, live in Europe and bring one over with you or something. So... Uh, any Tanberg here in the U.S. is is kind of rare-ish, so it's just yeah. kind of cool to see. Yeah. Um, uh, what else do I have? Uh, oh, uh, yeah, I have a, a Kenwood. Um, well, it's it's branded Lafayette, but it was made by Kenwood. It's a it's a tube receiver from again from about nineteen sixties, nineteen sixty two, sixty three. It's it's basically like one of these seventies receivers that are solid state, but it's it's made all with tubes, so it's a cool piece too.
0: Nice. Yeah, that's cool. I a mean a lot of stuff. You you know,
1: are yeah. these cassettes or these yeah. tapes? Oh yeah. Uh cuz yeah, I mean we we sell a lot of like little other things too. You know, uh cassettes, uh vinyl, cartridges, turntable cartridges, cables, um cool music books. Um yeah, you know, just Obviously a little vinyl. bit. So vinyl, yeah. yeah. Nice. Yeah, a little Which bit of everything, yeah. Last
0: year, right, vinyl surpassed yeah. everything. Yeah. Like the way to buy yeah. music. Yeah. It's the number one way well, to purchase.
1: I don't think it I don't think it outsold digital, I don't think, but what it did was outsell c d. okay for sure. Yeah. I think that's what that Okay. if, it's, if In it terms out, of physical,' right, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it okay. was the most common physical now, I could be wrong about that. Maybe it outsold digital if it outsold digital, that, that would be interesting, yeah. but i I think that headline was about physical media. it yeah. out, it was the most purchased
0: physical media, yeah yeah, makes sense. Um, Something that I saw on Instagram um, are those 45 adapters. Oh, those yeah, are pretty cool yeah, 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 3D yeah. printed. How did you come across uh, that? Did, are yeah, you that making guy them,
1: is um, – I would shout him out if I remembered him. Maybe we can put it in the show notes or something. Yeah, definitely. I can't, I can't remember his name, but he came in here and – And he was like, "Hey, I've got these 3D printed 45 adapters. He sells at a couple of shops. He is not exclusive to me. I think he sells at like Docs Records and a few other places around the area. But he 3D prints his own um, 45 adapters, and they're really cool. They're you know he's got like an MF Doom design. Um, He has a a, like a Texas state outline design. Um, He has like a Easter uh, Island head. He's got a um, like a, a kind of a weird swirly." Swirly thing that, that when it, when it turns on the turntable, it looks real psychic. Yeah, I saw trippy. that one. Yeah, that yeah, one's yeah. pretty cool. So, yeah, I mean, and they're not expensive. They're like, you know, 10, 15 bucks. They're not expensive. But, um, yeah, I just, I don't know. He came in here one day and was showing them, and I was just like, yeah, that's cool, man. Yeah, I'll put them in the shop, you know? So we just, um, yeah, I'll let's let's put him in the show notes or I think it's called like definitely. I'm trying to remember. Right is it forty-five love?
0: It is Magic Touch forty-five. Magic Touch forty-five. There that's you go. the at Magic Touch forty-fives. There you go. Uh, you know number four or five and then yeah. And a little he ass has at
1: the end. he has a bazillion designs. I I only carry about ten designs, but he's got a lot of them. So that's pretty cool. Yeah.
0: Um. What uh I was going to mention something here. So, everything that's in here, I mean, looks like if you just open it from the box. Yeah. Um, are these things, how do you acquire these? You are just People bring them in yeah, and yeah, just don't want bring, them anymore? Yeah,
1: I mean, you know, I mean, we, we have a lot of stories about how things show up. But I would say the most common is probably people who are either moving or downsizing. You know, whether they're old people or younger people. I mean, some people, you know, I had a guy who had some pieces that, um, You know, he he was moving from here in Dallas and he he was moving to New York to, you know, a shoebox apartment and just <laughs> could not keep all this hi fi. Poor guy. Yeah. You know, so <laughs> that's what he wanted to do with his life. OK, fine. Like, you know, but so he sold me all his high, you know, but I would probably say, unfortunately, that the the sadder story is usually, you know, hey, this was this was grandma's. This was grandpa's. Yeah. This was dad's. This was mom's and you know i know it's not working but i know it has some value but you know i'm not gonna you know i don't i don't want it nobody in my family wants it mm-hmm. but i want to get it to a good home you know can you, do you guys want to buy this so that's, that's i would say that's a, a far more common story than so
0: when they come to you yeah is it damaging it any sort of way like do your techs you know techs um work on the outside of it? Because, like I'm telling you, this is, it looks like brand new yeah, stuff. And well, it's... I'm
1: pretty picky about what I buy. I mean, oh, okay, that's, okay. that's probably the other story, right? Got I mean, it. You know, if it looks like it's been thrown down a flight of stairs, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm probably not going to buy it, right? Okay. Like, I mean, I you know, there are small cosmetics things we can fix, obviously. I mean, you know, dust, dirt, you know. W- we can work on wood a little, you know, restore the wood a little bit and mm-hmm. clean it up. and You know, but... Things like, you know, really deep scratches or dings or dents or, you know, mm. metal, you know, if someone's dropped it and the metal edge is bent in or something, yeah. I mean, there's, there's nothing you can do, you know, mm-hmm. but, um, so yeah, I mean, I, I would say, I guess the answer is I'm just kind of picky. <laughs> yeah, a little picky as to what you're yeah, buying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It makes sense. Yeah.
0: So as far as what you're interested in, what are like your go-to equipment that you work with and listen with?
1: I, you mean at home or here or just in general? In general. I mean, in What's general. What's your favorite? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, I am a fan of tube-based gear. Um, that is what I have at home. Um, I mean, as far as amplifiers go. Um, and then, you know, as far as um, you know, here at the shop, I'm a. I really like just listening to every i mean uh, one of the best things about this shop and i probably wouldn't have to tell you guys this you could probably figure it out (laughs) on your own is i get to listen to everything like you know like i mean i whether it's uh uh, you know uh, uh, an rt909 or some really cool old speakers that are sitting right here or this turntable i mean all of this will probably only be here for a week or two before it sells really I get to listen to it for that week or so and then something new comes in and I get to hang out and listen to that too, you know? <laughs> Oh, That's so awesome. It's it's really like a um, you know, quite the um um charcuterie board of of, yeah. <laughs> of uh, you know, audio here. I get to I get to taste a little bit of everything, you know. That's awesome. Um but yeah, at home, I would say um I I, I think I'll say it this way. Um for those people who are Uh, wondering what I like and why I like it Um, I would say and I'm not the only person to say this by the way this is not a new idea but I fully subscribe to the audio um, maybe even audiophile idea (laughs) that um, there is something really magical about low wattage tube amplifiers and horn speakers Um, and for those of those of you who are listening that know what I'm talking about, you'll, you'll be nodding your head right now. Um, you know, in this, uh, here's a quick history lesson for you guys. Cause sure. otherwise I don't want to bore everybody. Yeah. <laughs> you know, in the 1960s, when tube amplifiers were a thing, especially in the early, like late fifties and early sixties, they, they were still trying to figure out how to make amplifiers very powerful. Um, and the re and they weren't, even companies who knew how to do it necessarily weren't doing it because speakers at the time were all horn based. They all had physical metal horns in them. So uh, companies like Klipsch are still doing that, right? So a lot of you didn't necessarily need a lot of power to drive those speakers. And so it wasn't uncommon to have an amplifier that was 5 watts, 10 watts. 15, 20 Watts, maybe. Right. Um, and, but that it's kind of like that peanut butter and jelly pairing of, Mm -hmm. of low wattage amplifiers and high sensitivity speakers. There's just something about it. And, and we've gotten, you know, modern technology, you know, you walk into Best Buy, you can buy an amp that's 300 Watts, 500 Watts, (laughs) (laughs) a thousand Watts. Right. Yeah. And you can, and, and there are speakers that can take that are very what we call low sensitivity, right? They, they are, it takes a lot of power to juice them and give them energy, right? And they can sound great. It's fine. Like, whatever. But I'm telling you, there's something about the 60s. They just, they had it right the first time. Yeah. You know? <laughs> low wattage tube amps and a high sensitivity speaker. It's just like, man, there's just, it's. I don't know. Yeah. It's just something about it. You know, <laughs> you know they always nice. say a
0: lot of things were made better back in the day, and that's definitely yeah. one of So there's your plug. Go there. listen to audio. Yeah. Go listen to music with um, the low-wattage tube. Yeah. Stuff. High sensitivity. Yeah, Did you stuff. say people can come in and listen, oh, yeah. listen to some yeah, of this yeah, stuff? Yeah, yeah. So I mean,
1: all of this that you guys see is plugged up I mean, and oh, ready wow. to go. I mean, the, the stuff back here is unplugged, but it only right. takes a second to plug it in. So yeah, I mean, cool. it's... So even
0: if someone th- just wanted to, like, you know get a taste of what you're trying to what you're talking about yeah
1: yeah. i mean like i said i mean this 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 shop has always been even when i was in the back room back there i mean it was always um a a spot where people could come in listen to stuff check it out hear it before they buy it you Mm -hmm. know um and that's that's what you know that's what we do yeah i mean that's
0: Nice. That's That's awesome. the point of the shop. Yeah. Well, maybe if Nick wills it, we'll uh, do a little tour and maybe test something out at, yeah, the, yeah, at the end yeah, of the yeah. show and get, Post out, on, so, the get the on the socials or, socials, or yeah. something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, so you kind of already talked about the Morants being like a hot uh, product that you have here. What's some something else in here that's uh, pretty, pretty cool and interesting? Um, maybe um, something that you haven't really come across before or hmm. – or just in general, maybe on the market, what's like yeah. a hot commodity, top-of-the-line oh, stuff?
1: yeah. Well, I mean, I can tell you what all my customers want. That's easy. You <laughs> oh, know? yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, all my customers want 70s Marantz amplifiers, oh, okay. solid-state Marantz amplifiers. Okay. I, if I wish I had some secret warehouse where I could just raid and just grab them and sell... Because if I had a Marantz amplifier, I could sell one a day if I put them on the market. Wow. Like, I mean, Gosh. when I put Marantz amplifiers on the Instagram or Facebook, whatever, you know what I, I, I do my daily post. It, it will sell within an hour. Wow. Yeah, absolutely. That and and crazy. like I said, I wish I could, I wish I had a secret spot where I could yeah. <laughs> I wish I could find them because, <laughs> yeah. because I could sell one a day easily, maybe more, but, um, so yeah. And, uh, so, but that also extends out to most set, you know, my, all my clients really like the pioneer seventies amplifiers, the Sansuis, um, you know. I real to real is very hot. I I I expect that nine oh nine will probably go probably this week. I would think. Mm. Um, um, what else is pretty? Turntables are always very hot too. Yeah. Um, I have this VPI turntable that by the time this hits the internet will probably be um, up and available for sale. It's I I'm doing a little bit of adjusting and kind of cleaning and stuff on it, but it'll be um i'm I'm trying to track down a part for it anyway, long story short, but yeah. it uh that that that's a nice turntable but yeah. yet so turntables in general are, are big sellers whether they're um you know older like early seventies or later seventies or mid seventies or even early eighties turntables i yeah. I sell a lot of turntables so yeah that's yeah this cool. one that you have here is so yeah. nice yeah, yeah. i like
0: this uh like uh clear Frosted um, acrylic piece. Yeah, the, it's a the platter. Term. Yeah, the platter yeah. is mm-hmm. acrylic. Yeah. So you just place the record on top of yeah, that. Yeah,
1: because it's... it's acrylic. So by the way, everyone, <laughs> so we're t- you can look it up on Google or whatever if yeah. you're listening to this. So it's it's um, it's a turntable by VPI, the American company <laughs> the American company VPI, um, and it's their turntable called the HW19. Um, they made that turntable for like. 25 years. Really? Yeah. This is their... uh, I don't know exactly what year this one was built because they built them for so long, but Mm -hmm. essentially they barely changed the design. It it was their legacy turntable. Um, Just a few years ago, they kind of redid their entire turntable line and got rid of the HW19, Um, but they still sell one that looks kind of like it, um, but that one's like five thousand bucks. So Ooh, when yeah. I when I when I price this one, I promise you it'll be a lot less than <laughs> than five thousand bucks. Yeah. So um but yeah it has an acrylic platter on it. So with the acrylic you can just put because acrylic is soft and hopefully clean, right? It you can you can just put the uh album right down on it. You don't have to use a mat if you don't want to. Of course
0: you can but yeah you, know, you don't have nice. to nice. So yeah. I mean we can get into vinyl all day long. Yeah right I mean, I'm a big fan. <laughs> we both have Turntables, yeah. What do you say to someone looking for the dust cover, <laughs> the um, famous broken, misplaced dust? No, covers.
1: I, I, there's, I have two websites I can, okay. I can turn you on to. Yeah. Nice,
0: okay, because I'm one of them, so okay. maybe we'll chat later. Yeah, we'll chat later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: Put it in the show notes. <laughs> right.
0: What's this? Uh, the small one here that you have on the uh, shelf over there at the bottom? It looks like a uh, a smaller reel-to-reel.
1: Oh, yeah, it is. It's a little tiny reel-to-reel. So that, um. That piece was not for uh, hi-fi. It's not not for, like, audio. Oh,
0: that, it's just a little, like...
1: Well, it would have been used for something like this, honestly. Like, you know, if, if you were doing a meeting and you needed to record the meeting...
0: Oh, okay, good. Or,
1: it. you know, I mean, I guess you could have used it at home for, like, the shopping list. Like, yeah. you record yourself, <laughs> buy eggs, milk, <laughs> juice, like, I don't know, like, whatever. I don't know, or... Like um, for stenography or, you know, for, you know, like if you wanted to record a um, – you know, the they use three-inch reels, like little tiny baby reels. And one of the things people used to do is use recorders like that to send um, – like audio messages to each other. So, you know, you could, um, you know, record a, a, a a letter quote unquote to your, (laughs) to your sweetheart. Yeah. (laughs) You know, and then they even had back in the day, they had little mailing boxes that fit the three inch tape. Oh wow. And so you just slide it in there, put the stamp on it and and send it (laughs) off. And then they would, they would string it into their machine and listen to it. That's that's pretty cool. cool. Um, so, you know, those, those type of machines, um, uh our our key, uh, that one doesn't even work it's just for looks and oh okay I mean I could get it working probably but the value after I paid to get it working it would it wouldn't really, be worth wouldn't it it wouldn't be worth yeah. it yeah but- it is a cool little piece of everyone, you know, so many people walk in and they go, Ooh, what's that? Like, yeah. I have all these multi hundred and multi thousand dollar pieces in here, and everybody looks at my little it's tiny real like, Oh, yeah, I've seen reel. that before. I've seen <laughs> that at
0: Grandma's house. What's this, yeah, though? What's the <laughs> this little is tiny what I'm looking at.
1: That's on a decoration as a, on a shelf <laughs> right. by the books. That's so funny.
0: Know? Have you had a piece come in where you're just like, Ooh, I want this? Yeah. Far too often. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's happened once or twice. I I try not to do that. Not not because I'm like you know like holier than thou. I'm just I'd like to sell the pieces here because mm-hmm. here makes me money. If I take it home and put it on my shelf, yeah. I'm not making any money. Exactly. <laughs> you know, like so. Um. But yes, there was. Um. There have been. Well, I guess. Three pieces now that I I have replaced my turntable, my reel-to-reel deck that I previously had, and my my amplifier and preamplifier that were kind of a combo unit previously. So, um, but I really feel like I'm done now. I uh, (laughs) unless a really good pair of speakers walks in, I think I'm done. Okay. I don't, don't, you know. And I will say that was that was like three pieces over two years. It was not. It's not like it all happened in one week.
0: Right. You know. So. What about um, the oldest piece? That you've seen come in. Mm.
1: Ooh. I mean, we've definitely had a lot of stuff from the fifties. Um, wow. um probably mid fifties. I mean, we had a pair of speakers from like fifty five come in. Wow. And we sold. Um uh we've had a few mono, you know, fifties mono amplifiers come in from like but again, those were kind of mid fifties, you know, fifty five, fifty six, fifty seven, fifty eight. Um you know, it really, that that's about as old as you can get with hi-fi before you get into a complete. Like we don't do like the Victrolas, like the wind up, <laughs> yeah. like dur, 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 dur. Yeah. like we don't. You know, we don't get we don't get that old. Right? Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, but uh, that's that's the, about yeah, mid fifties. About, about mid fifties. The oldest 50s piece you've Probably the oldest pieces that we have repaired here at the shop. Yeah. Cool. That's wild.
0: Man. Man. Yeah, that is crazy. One more question. And I know yeah. these are all just like off no, the top yeah. of my head that I'm just it's not <laughs> no, even on no. our prep sheet. Speed um, round. What is, uh, hang it, and we were just talking about it and I, I already <laughs> lost track of it. Of course, this is how my mind works. I asked you about the oldest piece. Yeah, I lost track. Oh, well, we'll see if we can come back to it. Uh, if I remember. Um, you want to dive into some music and personal music and yeah. stuff like that? Yeah. Let's talk music for a little bit. Okay. Uh, what's your go-to genre, artist?
1: Yeah, you know, at home, here it's everything, of course. Just, just like the, you know, I mean, I have like a little cache of records in the corner that I use for demoing. And if you look through those demo records, you'll see everything from like soul to jazz to blues to rock to, you know, because when people come in and they go, "Oh, I want to hear something on this turntable. I go, well, what kind of music do you like? Mm-hmm. So I got to kind of have a little every, and I like a little everything. So it's not, yeah. you know, that's not a problem, but at home, I listen to a lot of jazz. Um, I, you know, I used to be a huge, huge, huge rock fan. And I still am. I mean, I, I love all rock. I really used to love psych rock, man. And in, in like, college and after college I I had a huge psych rock collection. <laughs> I sold some of it. I still have some of it though, but I really loved psych rock. Um but I think as I've gotten a little older and as my uh the <laughs> my mental speed has slowed down <laughs> a little, you know. I'm kind of I've 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 kind of really just fallen down the jazz hole in like the last 5 or 6 years yeah, and cool. um I've really just started to um Really reach, you know, jazz is such a deep well with with which to dive that you can, and there are so many offshoots of jazz. I mean, you know, soul jazz, acid jazz, blue, you know,
0: jazz fusion, jazz
1: fusion. You know, I mean, you can, you know, avant-garde jazz, classical, progressive, you know, progressive jazz. Progressive <laughs> jazz right. Yeah. I mean, you can you can stick any word in front of jazz and yeah. find a micro genre that you like. Right. Right. Uh-huh. So. You know, I have fallen deep down, and I have begun exploring every tendril of every <laughs> oddball jazz type, and that really makes me happy. So, I mean, um, not like I never listen to anything else at home. Right, right. Or, yeah, I mean, yeah. there's some nights I'll throw on whatever, but um, I don't know. It just, like I said, over the last four or five years, six years, I've just kind of really fallen down that rabbit hole, and, and I've really been enjoying it, so um i would say 99 percent of the time if i'm at home that's what i'm listening to but i mean there's so much good music now yeah i mean was back in the day and is now too mm-hmm. that i mean you can't ignore all the really good music coming out um i think a lot of the newer music i tend to stream which i know <laughs> <you> get, <laughs> whoa heresy, whoa whoa hold on heresy. hold on i know streaming streaming <laughs> no i mean look I, my So my amplifier and preamplifier are from like the late 50s and early 60s, but you plug in, I have a a pretty nice little Bluetooth, um, you know, module thing that plays really well. You know, you just plug it straight in there just to the, to the preamp and, and start streaming, you know? So, and so, yeah, I mean, um, I think that that's a really good way for me to keep on top of what's going on with current music so i yeah. don't sound like such a fuddy dud and be like wow well, have you heard of this frank sinatra <laughs> <laughs> i think he's going places you know like yeah, you know. yeah so but um but then of course spend my money my hard-earned real money on you know jazz albums that make me happy you know so yeah cool um so uh, it's a balancing
0: act you yeah know, so. i'm kind of in the same boat as you with going down a rabbit hole with a different genre I'm kind of going the soul route. Oh sure, just, just yeah, jumping yeah. down there and man, finding so much good stuff. But yeah, anyways, I know this can be a loaded question, but what's a go-to? What's a favorite album or song? If you can't narrow it down, Ooh, we love yeah. to rank things. Yeah, so yeah, rank. Give us the <laughs> yeah. top sure, three. Sure, sure, sure. <laughs> no.
1: um, you know, somebody asked me this the other. Day. We had that. Um, we had that. Uh, ice storm. What it was, maybe like um month or two ago where we all sat at home for like three days yeah. Yeah. and I was, I was doing that and I was doing some like Instagram live stuff and so people were asking me about my record collection because I have a pretty big collection and mm-hmm. they were asking me about some of my favorite albums so I've just been thinking about go. this like within the last month or so. Um, even though it's not a jazz pick, I would say probably one of my favorites is um, uh, Nick Drake uh, five Leaves Left, I think, is an album that I could listen to practically on repeat forever. I mean, that album is so sad and, but also like you know, optimistic. But you know, warm and real and you know, textured and mm-hmm. I mean, it's just it's just a it's just such a masterpiece. And you know, every time I listen to it, I I. It's a cliche, but really, like almost every time I listen, I hear something kind of new or mm-hmm. in a different way that I didn't really think about before. I use when I used to work Sundays at Spinster, like that was kind of my my Sunday morning shift was like. The, I mean, I worked a lot every other <laughs> day too, but Sunday in particular, like if you could set a clock by it, I was always there Sunday morning, and so. When I opened up, that was like I put that album on, and Mm -hmm. I would open the doors if it was nice, and just like blast Five Leaves Left, and it just it always put me in like just the right mood for Sunday mornings. You know, nice, cool. Um, I think another really, if we're going jazz picks, um, I think Alice Coltrane, uh, Journey into in in Satrananda, is a just unbelievable album. Um, that album, I, I was actually talking to somebody about it yesterday. And I was joking that like that's a perfect album if you just want to like turn it on and lay on the floor and just like <laughs> Take vibe. it all in, like, yeah. You just yeah. let it like wash over you, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's very like it, I mean it it was made. She was in this kind of strange. I say strange. I don't want to be rude. She was in an interesting like sort of Indian progressive cult thing yeah. oh, okay. for, <laughs> thing for a little while there um yeah. and yeah. she wrote the music for her the the Sachananda, or i i always butcher that name so i'm sorry someone's mm. gonna correct me but he was like the 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 guru you know like the, okay. the, the the leader of the group and so it was like her um uh it was it's it's almost, I mean, it is, it's sort of like religious-type music in a weird way. I mean, it, it is, it doesn't necessarily sound, you can listen to it and divorce it from its religious nature, but it is very meditative, mm-hmm. it's very, um, uh, you know, it has uh, repetition to it, it has kind oh, yeah. of a, that sort of vibe, but... Um, but then it has parts that are that are not very repetitive that are also more jazz oriented that are just very very interesting and very like i said it you can you really have to listen to the whole thing it's not a track based album yeah. you, know? yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, i like track 3 but not track 4 like <laughs> right. it is you got to start from beginning to end you to listen to it from beginning to end yeah. so you have to devote a little time to it but if you do it's it's worth the journey i nice. Think,
0: yeah nice awesome well yeah thanks for sharing we love giving and receiving rex yeah, yeah. so Appreciate that. Do you have um a certain album cover art that you like or maybe the uh vinyl, the way the vinyl was pressed and how? I mean there's
1: so i mean that's that's hard to say. I mean vinyl is cool because yeah, I mean you can there's so many different ways to do, you know, splatter and colors and, yeah you know, different you know, of course you can do like picture discs and all sorts of weird stuff, but um you know, I mean, I think some vinyl is cool. I don't always get into collecting all the different variants of, you know, even artists I like. I'm not going to buy four different versions of right. the same yeah, album. Yeah. You know, I'm not going to do the Taylor Swift thing where I have to collect <laughs> uh, collect all four <laughs> variations of Midnight. <laughs> no, no, Taylor. I'm not going to buy four <laughs> copies of your album. Sorry. You've so got enough like, money, honey. Like, yeah, bro, exactly. You know,
0: so. <laughs> she did three shows here this past weekend. I That is. Yeah. Yeah. What a drooper Props to her.
1: But yeah, no, Um. the point is, yeah, I mean, I, I think vinyl, I mean, if, you know, if the difference between, you know, if somebody says, hey, do you want the colored vinyl one or the black one? I don't know. I mean, give me whichever one you want. I, I, it doesn't, I mean, colored vinyl is cool, but I'm not going to, like, go out of my yeah. way to, like, you yeah. know, buy it or anything. So, yeah. um, uh, and cover art, I mean, that's, you know, I actually think... Uh, Speaking to your um uh, love of soul music, I think soul albums have some of the best cover art yeah. um of all time. I mean just sitting I was just thinking about it too, cause sitting right over there is um um Oh geez, why can't I think of its
0: name? All right, here we go. <laughs> no, all good. <laughs>
1: uh, Wilson Pickett.
0: There we go. Oh the yeah, mic. that's a good one. Nice.
1: <laughs> yeah, I like the cover art for the exciting Wilson Pickett is so good. Yeah. I mean, it's you know, it, with the hot pink and looking and, to fly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, the red red suit, <laughs> suit and, and the. the I mean, yellow and it's a simple cover. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, all the Wilson Pickett albums are like this. Where they're yeah. very simple covers, but they're just they're so effective. You mm-hmm. know, so. I think solo albums have great covers, um, but you know, there's. I mean, you want to talk about a, a a genre that has a lot of interesting covers. Um, psychedelic rock covers <laughs> yeah, are yeah, for like sure. a, a <laughs> you know a genre of their own. You know? Yeah, you could uh-huh. you could do a book based on just those. You know. <laughs> so.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, so I finally remembered what question I was going to ask you. There have you, you come? Uh, has and this is totally going back to people bringing in yeah. stuff. So get your brain okay. back onto that track <laughs> since we were just talking about music. Um, has anyone brought anything in that had just like a really cool story behind it? You know, so and so used this in the studio or so and so had this mm. in their per- personal home. Uh yeah. anything like that? Um, come by.
1: Um Ooh, that's a good question. I'm trying to I'm trying to dig deep here.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. We were just talking about music. No, too, so no,
1: no, it. no. It's fine. I'm just trying to think. Um I wanna say yes, but also I have to think if if I say yes, I have to back that yes up with an actual thing. <laughs> with the actual right. story to tell. And I'm oh man. Um
0: <sighs> If not, it's all good. Or maybe like, like I said it'll come to you and we'll come back to it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let me
1: think let me let me think about it for a minute. The okay. the answer is yes. But what piece it was out of, like, we, (laughs) man, we have done so many pieces. Like, I don't think you understand. Like, it's a lot in two years. Yeah, um Let me, let me, let me, let me bounce it around.
0: Yeah, well, I'll ask this in the meantime. Has anybody interesting or cool ever walked in your shop? Like, I'm looking at this Leon Bridges poster. Has he walked in here? All my customers are cool. <laughs> they're all rock stars. I, they're all, all rock stars. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody that you're like, whoa. Yeah. What are you doing here? Um. <laughs> no,
1: I not not anyone like crazy famous. Okay. Um, no, no. I Leon. just curious. No, I mean. Um, Leon, if you're listening. To yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hit me up. No, I met Leon at Spinster. He's great. He's no, that's nice. awesome. Leon, I'll tell you the story about Leon is. Leon is very quiet in real per in like real life. Like he is, I, I don't want to say shy because I, shy makes it sound like a bad thing. I don't think. Probably he, just keeps to himself. He well, you know, like uh, you know, he was at the record store and he came in with a friend of ours who, like a a friend of the record store who's like kind of a, a, a um a regular, you know, mm-hmm. that that's known him forever, you know, and they they used to hang out and stuff. And so, um, you know, Leon was just kind of like. Picking around the bins and looking at records and stuff, and you know, of course, I walked over there. I was like, hey, you know, and this was, this was probably right after his second album came out. Not, a, you know, he was still, he was very big, yeah. And his second album had just come out, maybe, maybe that that week or that month, or I mean, it was pretty new, you know. So I just walked over. I said, Leon, hey man, listen, I, congratulations on all the success. I'm really digging your new album. I think it's a, you know it's just ex- like exactly what the speed that you, you should have gone for and like it was the right move for, you know, and I, I'm like, I'm really, um, you know, I am i didn't say I'm proud of you, but, you know, I'm like, I yeah, was yeah. like, I'm- Just I'm, congrats. Uh, congrats. And... I'm super happy for you, you know. And he was just like, thank you. <laughs> you know, and I was <laughs> like, oh, okay, okay. you know. <laughs> Let me and know if you need anything. Yeah, yeah, and he's like, <laughs> and then he just kind of was like, and then we just kind of looked at each other and I was like, oh, okay, this conversation's over. <laughs> All right, man. Well, uh, yeah. Let me know if, if you need a beer or anything. Okay, bye. <laughs> like you know. So I, you know, but and I and I asked a friend who 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 was with him later, not right then, of right. course. I was like, is is Leon always like that? He's like, oh yeah, he's he's just kind of uh, he's kind of quiet, you know. But then you see him like on you know in concert yeah. or you know if you see him like backstage, like footage on backstage or like whatever, and he's like. You know, dancing and being wild and I think you know there's a I think there's a lot of people who like that. I mean, artists like that who are very you know they don't let it go. They keep all their energy up and keep it all bottled up, and then they hit that stage and it's Mm -hmm. time to go. Totally different. Yeah, they just flip that switch, you know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, Leon was really nice. Pretty (laughs) pretty cool. (laughs) Uh, Nice.
0: Okay, I think that doesn't mind, right? Yeah, I think so. Okay, Uh, that was fun. Unless okay. anything else pops up. but We're going to go ahead and end it with our last question that we sure. ask every guest. Yep. We love Dallas. Obviously, the the podcast is kind of yep. based in and around Dallas. Sure. The Red Pegasus Podcast known around Dallas. Sure. Um, we want to ask you what's something you love about Dallas or or even more beyond, if you want to go beyond yep. that, Texas in general. What's something that you want to share that you appreciate and, and value with be- I, living here?
1: I will tell you, I was thinking because you guys kind of, you, you told me to think about this so I've been thinking about it. Yeah. And I will say something that maybe especially people outside of Dallas or outside of Texas don't appreciate about Dallas fully and that mm-hmm. is the diversity with which that the Dallas area has. I and I will tell you this because this little strip this this strip that I'm in is a perfect example, okay? Mm-hmm. Are you mm-hmm. ready for this? Yeah. So, next to me starting off on one side of the strip, we have a Chinese restaurant. But and the people who run that restaurant are from China. They are like not Chinese American. They are Chinese. Oh wow! So Chinese restaurant, and then me, and then a gun store, (laughs) run but also by a Chinese guy. He's more Chinese American. But but you know a gun shop. Yeah. And then a mosque. Oh Oh, really? Yeah. (laughs) Like a. You know, yeah. a, it's a small mosque, yeah, but yeah. it's a it's a mosque that I think they're using that as a temporary space until they can build their like full one. You know, but, right? But still, okay. And then an Indian restaurant, uh, uh, run, again run by a guy like from India. He st- like the the way he was able to start that up is he like stole all his grandmother's Indian recipes and no. brought them <laughs> and, <laughs> and uses all those and and they are popular. So good Ooh, stuff. Ooh, they're popular and they're mm. great. Yeah totally there's a wreck for you yeah right um (laughs) and then after that there's a taiwanese place after that like awesome all in the same strip Mm -hmm. you know and i mean that's something like you know people talk about you know um i don't know like you know vermont and places like that being very progressive and very you know blue and this and that and i mean not to be political about it but you know like right they, they talk about play but like you ever been to Vermont? It's like white people, like <laughs> no, no, you know, no. like it's just white, white, white. Yeah. White, yeah. White. Po- you ever been to Portland, Oregon? Like <laughs> Portland, Oregon is known as a very you know progressive, forward-thinking place. White, white, white white white, 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 white. Yeah. yeah. You know what I'm saying? So like, I'm just saying like Dallas. Even though yes, it's Dallas. Like the you know it um it doesn't get that reputation as you know diverse and forward thinking and whatever whatever even though in a lot of ways i think that's a bad rep but it is extremely diverse and i love that because Mm -hmm. like if this shop was in um you know portland (laughs) or chicago or whatever it would not there would it would not be like what what it is here you know and that's and we all and of course it's goes without saying we all get along i love all my neighbors you know like You know, you wouldn't think that a mosque and a gun store next door would would, like get along with each other. But everything's great. Like, you know what I mean? So that's what makes Dallas and the DFW area really, I think, um, something that people don't fully appreciate and don't. um, I I think that people need to understand more because that's that's what makes this area really special. And, Mm -hmm. you know. And not just the food part. I mean, the food's good too. Yeah, that's <laughs> like a great bonus. Yeah, always, yeah, yeah, like you know. So yeah, so that's what that's I awesome.
0: Think, yeah, yeah I've, I mean, the more we do this, and the more we talk to other people, and and some people who have moved here to Texas yeah. or or to Dallas area, you know, they all say the same thing: just the diversity and so much, so many different, um, in in the area. Like, there's yeah. just mm-hmm. something different everywhere you go. Yeah. So it's it's cool to see, and, and especially I mean, Chicago and Louisiana and now here, so. You have seen a lot of the country, and so you you yeah. can really tell that there is a lot of diversity here. But so that's great. Yeah, that's a good word. And and I think moving forward, Dallas needs to get that wrap of like we yeah. are one of the more diverse areas in the country. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and so I
1: mean, you know the the Dallas City Council. I mean, you know they make those like commercials and print ads and stuff, "Come see Dallas." blah. blah, blah. Yeah. but it's like. And, like, yeah, some of the stuff they show is cool. Oh, the Margaret Hunt Hill Bridge, yeah, okay, cool. It's a cool <laughs> bridge or whatever. but, like that doesn't say anything about the people who live here, you know, right. like Clyde yeah. Warren Park, okay, yeah, it's cool. it's a it's a park, cool, like park over the highway, whatever awesome. like it but that's I mean, yes, I mean, I guess if you're if you're in Dallas for the first time, like it's something to see, but like if if I was like, you know, in charge of Dallas, you know, publicizing Dallas, it would be about. Check out like how much different stuff, like you go, I said this to a friend, um, eh, let me say, I said this to a casual acquaintance (laughs) (laughs) that was considering moving to Dallas and she goes, well, what's Dallas like? I said, well, what part of Dallas are you talking about? Right? Because the thing, Dallas is a neighborhood city, right? I mean, Bishop Arts is way different than the neighborhood, which is way different than uptown which is way mm-hmm. different than downtown which mm-hmm. is way different than richardson which is way different than like the 635 area like you know you can find your sweet spot about like where you want to be and where you want to live and like what kind of vibe you like i mean you know i know richardson gets a bad rap sometimes because it's like suburbia or whatever but like we live in richardson and like Probably like three blocks from us is Chinatown in Richardson, yeah. where there's like um like e- it's like you know four blocks solid of Chinese restaurants, Chinese markets, and and other stuff. And there's like um there's also a little bit of um uh, um Middle Eastern stuff over there too. There's like um there's a really good little uh, uh um like kind of hole in the wall place called Al Baghdad, which is uh, they they make great. Uh, food, you know, Middle Eastern food and stuff. I mean, you just don't, like... (laughs) Just so much. You just don't, like, I mean, I love... uh, There's a lot of great cities. I mean, I'm just saying, it's, it is on par with other major metropolitan cities that have districts like that Mm -hmm. and no one talks about it right The 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 dallas city council i mean maybe the richardson city council would talk but like (laughs) dallas city council would never be like hey you know what's cool everybody chinatown like (laughs) i mean it's not technically in dallas i guess that's why but you know what i'm saying like that's a huge thing that like nobody talks about yeah Yeah. unless you know what's up and then you go get amazing chinese food.
0: (laughs) (laughs) so there you go you hear it on here and now we're talking about it so that's good thanks for sharing that nick uh take the time Plug uh, a s- socials, plug a website.
1: Yeah, just, I mean, it's Metzger Vintage Audio on everything. Metzger Everywhere. Vintage Audio on Instagram, Facebook, dot .com. Um, I, I try a little TikTok here and there, <laughs> yeah. but I, it's just, I don't have enough time to do that much social media and yeah. be that clever. So yeah. mostly, <laughs> it's, mostly it's Instagram and Facebook, a little bit of website stuff here and there. Cool.
0: But, Easy enough. Yeah. Do you still do the Friday Hangs? I do, okay. yeah. Every yeah every, every Friday, Friday
1: on, on Instagram, I do a live um, where um, people come on and ask me questions about vintage audio and hi-fi and speakers and turntables nice. and receivers and everything. That's awesome. And Ooh. I just answer questions, we hang out, and um, it's been getting really popping lately. Like, you know, for, for a little... I mean, we've done, I don't know, probably close to 40 of them now, and like, there have been... Uh, to, confidentially, there have been you know certain <laughs> certain weeks <laughs> yeah. where it has not been so poppin. Yeah, but yeah. I'll tell you, man. Lately, these these days, it's been really like as nice. soon as I hit that go live button, it's like people, 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 awesome. people, 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 people. So that's cool. Yeah, come hang out. It's really yeah. fun. I mean, um, it's it's always a good time.
0: Metzger cool. M E T Z G E R Vintage Audio. That's me on social media or dot com and uh, follow along with Nick and everything that's going on here at the shop. Um, of course follow us Red Pegasus Pod, as well everything we have going on as well so Nick thanks again for the time Mark have anything else you want to add no just thank you for everything thank you for uh, letting us into uh, this awesome spot and people should definitely come hang out uh, in here and try out some of the uh, vintage stuff that you got yeah Yeah. thanks guys appreciate it thank you